It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert here with you. Glad to be back here Thursday. Uh, couldn't be helped the last two days. We'll just uh, talk about that as uh, Alexa turns on. Because she, I guess she hasn't been in here talking the last two days. So, good Lord. She's got to reset. Shut up. Quiet. Good Lord. Uh, lots going on today. We have uh, Chris Phillips Spurs Up show, 1130. Uh, Jamie Bradford uh, normally joins us on Wednesday. will join us in the second hour. Kind of everything got pushed Wednesday to Thursday. My Tuscaloosa thing. My um, uh, I, I do a, an article on the Big Spur every Wednesday uh, called Setting Up. And, and so I set it up today. Uh, so I'm going to walk around thinking it's Wednesday. That's better, Phil, than if it's on Thursday and you're thinking it's Friday. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, behind. <laughs> you're you're more excited, you know, mm-hmm. because of the, um, you know, the uh, the weekend forthcoming, and, and then you're disappointed. So now I'll be disappointed and then excited. Um, Want to thank everybody for hanging in there with us. Absolutely uh, appreciate it, and all the kind words on Twitter and and uh, Facebook and emails we've gotten. Uh, yeah, just nice, yeah. And look, that, that's not going to happen too. There's going to be times when you know doing this streaming every day uh, when things come up. You know, I can't guarantee uh, that we'll do every day, right? Uh, you know, and, and we'll take holidays off too. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, we try, and uh, I think we had what uh, it was about 27 in a row <laughs> before yeah. before that came up. So. Um, we had a good few weeks run, so that was good. That yeah, was good. But you never know when the unexpected happens. And when it's just two of you, then, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, you got that going. Uh, but this is episode number 32, and we really appreciate all of you joining us. Uh, by the way, those of you that listen to the JC and Morgan podcast, uh, we recorded that on Monday. Today's been all cut. Well, this week's been weird. Um, <laughs> and so that's up with myself, Mike Morgan, and Michael Haney. Uh, Lots of good stuff to talk about there. And, and Phil, one of the things we did talk about was college football these days. And I talked about it on the radio in Tuscaloosa today about the fact there's really, like, one tier up there with, like, Georgia and then maybe Bama and Ohio State so far. But but both both those teams have had kind of disappointing wins, for lack of a better term, uh, which I think is sort of dumb sometimes. I think – Oh, they only won by one. Well, at least they won. They played to win the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah so we talk about that. And uh, Mike pointed that out. And I think he's kind of right, uh, especially this year. Um, outside of the top three, you know, then you got a Clemson team that hasn't looked as good. Nobody's, nobody in Game Guidelines actually even talking about that. I think it's probably because everybody talked about it last year. We saw what happened in the game. Right. <laughs> Sheer disappointment. Um, it, it looks like we got plenty of, of our own issues to deal with. Yeah, you know, it's kind of internally focused now. That's good. Uh, but, yeah, Georgia's a little ahead of Alabama, Ohio State, and then Clemson maybe, Oklahoma, I think it's off a pretty good start. I think they start conference play pretty soon uh, in the Big 12 of Kansas State this weekend, so we'll see what happens there. Brent Venable's going up against this alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, – who else? I Southern Cal, actually, uh, and I – 
ran my mouth and was wrong like I have been all year uh, about Lincoln Riley not having a great first year. Dude, if he if he beats Utah on October 15th, there's not a dang team on the schedule that's going to beat them. I mean, they're, they're just uh, – they got a great um, – maybe maybe at Oregon if they get in the Pac-12 championship game. Mm. Uh, but it'll be the championship game if they beat the Fighting Utes in Salt Lake City uh, yeah. on October 15th. So that's good. Uh, but, yeah, you know, and, and the point Mike made, and, and I agree with him, the middle, like after those top – those teams I just mentioned – Wide open, man. Oh, th- throw Michigan up there too. All speaking of easy schedules, because they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, but yeah, right there in the middle. And, and Craig points out on the Nana Sports chat box. Don't forget Kansas. Yeah. Of course not. Carry on, my wayward son was a great song. That's right. I <laughs> know. Uh, um, oh, well, wait a minute, Kansas, the Jayhawks. Yeah, oh, three, yeah. three and zero, looking good doing it. Look, man, it's not like a like Duke's three and zero going to this game this weekend. They they beat Northwestern on the road. Which is their biggest win? Um, it, it, it that's not the same three and that Kansas. It's hard. It's hard to win at Houston sometimes, especially if you're a Big Twelve team uh, that's not very that historically is not very good. Houston wants to go beat you up, uh, beat up their future conference mates there. Uh, it's not easy to win at West Virginia in a conference game, uh, but Kansas and Duke is a big football game this weekend. Go figure. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, wow, that, that's crazy. But the point Mike made was the, the middle side. Carolina's in the middle. Um, so looking ahead, you know, you got nine left. I think I mentioned one of those teams, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think my gut, my sneaky suspicion uh, is that Clemson's going to put it all together this weekend and roll Wake Forest because that's what they always do. Yeah. Uh, however, um, you know, there's really one team like that left. Uh, you know, Tennessee's a pretty good football team. Kentucky's a pretty good football team. Uh, Florida could be tough in the swamp. Although, <laughs> I watched them play South Florida this past weekend. I'm like, ooh. Um, yeah, it didn't look very tough. Yeah. <laughs> not not very uh, not not very difficult. They were not the most physical football team. Um, you know, it's just a, you kind of look ahead of it, and I'm not – Honest to God, not sitting here saying, Phil, that every uh, that all the problems South Carolina's had is a function of schedule. That would be completely disingenuous. You may as well put rainbows and sunshine and unicorns up instead of this inside the game box thing and the Carolina Rise of the Manscape. Take down the Manscape logo and just put my little pony up there, <laughs> right? Uh, if I'm going to sit here and say, oh, it's just all a function of it's, it's just all – it's all about, you know, it's competition. They're just – you know, those teams are just on the – no, I think Arkansas is very good, but here's the bottom line. Arkansas is last in the country uh, in uh, past events. They're susceptible to good play calling. I don't think South Carolina had that uh, out in Fayetteville, no matter what anybody wants to say. <laughs> the uh, could be mentioned as merely an afterthought. You know, yeah, it could be the last thing when you're analyzing what the hell's wrong with, you know, the team right now. <laughs> well, and, and I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, and, and I don't, you know, Shane Beamer's eight and eight after 16 games, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you always kind of look at 16 games for whatever reason, because that's NFL. Well, it used to be the NFL regular season now. It's, mm-hmm. 17 for I don't know why they need that extra one, but anyway, uh, it was so was Will Muschamp eight and eight, Will won nine, and, and 
very disappointing loss caused him to be eight and eight to, to Kentucky at home in 2017. Steve Spurrier was nine and seven after 16. Yeah. You know, I, I Lou Holtz was four and 12. I mean, of course, he was four and one by year two, but you know, I, I, I think the outcomes are perfectly acceptable. Uh, I think it, it's how Carolina's gotten there, you know, yeah. and, and I think it's the same old, same old stuff. So, God, did I go away there for a second? No, no, you're still here. You're still here. You have oh, been. Uh, my, you know, my my head disappeared. I was like, oh, did wow. it? Oh. <laughs> a big, big, beautiful dome. Um. So, so anyway, uh, yeah. So that's that's my point. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that every, all the issues are just because they played really good football teams. There are issues, and they need to fix it. You know, that's what coaches do. Players need to rally, and they've got two get-right games. I wrote about the get-right game today. When you have a get-right game and you don't play well, that's bad. Yeah. When you have a get-right game and you do play well, that easily means you blow the other team out. Everybody gets to play. It's like ASO soccer. Everybody gets out there. You get orange slices. And mm-hmm. every No, but everybody gets to play. And what that does, the, the next week of practice, and hopefully you have two weeks of this because South Carolina State, as much respect as I have for that football program and Buddy Pugh, I mean they 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 can't, they probably can't hang with Carolina, no. you know at least player wise they can't. Um, and so you have two weeks of that, and and you know everybody's like, well, it doesn't mean anything until they go to Kentucky. You're right, big picture wise, but but I'm also saying this, you know, you'd rather play these two teams right now before you go to Kentucky. Get healthy, get right, get confident, have everybody on the team feeling happy again. Uh, than you would if you you maybe had to play like a oh I don't know a Florida and Texas A and M back to back. You know, I mean, or something like that. You know, Carolina I think could compete with both of those teams uh, based on what we've seen through three games. But uh, you know, you, you just don't want to do that right now. You want the get right uh, mm-hmm. to come up, and you know, because there is a lot of negativity. You get beat like that, there's going to be. That's no, just the bottom line. It's part of the business. All right, Nana Sports Chat Box. Craig Rolls, welcome back, guys. Phil, hope everything is okay. Well, yes, sir. We're managing. Colin says, good morning. Good morning, Colin. Good morning, good morning Starshine. Lady Bree MMA fighter. Whoa. Welcome back, Phil. <laughs> you yes, guys man. are on early. I usually watch the replay because I'm usually watching Chris's show. Spurs Up show. I'll be on the Spurs Up show today, by the way, one fifteen mm-hmm. Eastern time, shortly after we get off. Daddy-o, good to see y'all back. Happy to be back. Yeah, Kevin says five quarterbacks have played under Satterfield. The offense hasn't worked with any of them. That's the definition of not running a college offense. Rattler is ranked near the bottom of the SEC quarterbacks. Better days ahead. What's the state motto, Phil? Oh, Doom Sparrow Sparrow. So while I breathe, I hope. <laughs> uh, Craig Michigan, Kansas, uh, Coach Lance Liverpool, going to get a big time job. I think he's right there for Nebraska. Yep. But I mean, do you leave? I guess you would leave Kansas for Nebraska because the Big Ten money mm-hmm. would be there. But he's a hell of a coach. He's I a hell of a good coach. It's like he's wow. putting together something there, yeah. And he ain't flashy, and he ain't going to sit there and recruit in the top ten. I mean, he's just going to coach his guys up. Yeah. He's done a good job. Um, Colin says, Wake can out-scheme and play great offense against a lot of the ACC. Clubs is just too big for them. DJ needs to produce lots of turnovers for the Deeks to win. Yeah, one interesting thing, Colin, about this game, uh, 
if you look at Brent Venables when he was at Clemson, um, he had like, okay, so he would lock in on teams. And once he locked in on you, he would beat you year after year after year after year. Um, once he locked in on what you were doing. Um, it may take him a while. And, and think I, I, I'll throw this out at Carolina. Locked in on what Roper was doing from the start. Yeah. No competition. Um, <laughs> BMAC threw him some curveballs mm-hmm. <laughs> in that first year up there. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they – Clemson did not play well on defense that night. Uh, some say it was intentional. I don't know about that, Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> I think Jake Bentley just had a good game, and the <laughs> offensive line blocked. <laughs> wow. Um, but, uh, you, you know, Wake is one of those teams with, with, with their offense that, that he just locked in on. And you're right, their defensive line would just crush them. And Wake runs that kind of mesh point pause thing, and it works against a lot of teams. It didn't work against Clemson because they just came right after him. Yeah, so the interesting thing is going to be Brent Venables isn't on that sideline. Brent Brent Venables is not walking through that door. Uh-huh. Um, and, and Wes Godwin's uh, supposed to be really good, but, you know, he's still got to call it. Still got to call it. Clemson's also 80th in the country in pass defense, I saw. Teams not typically where they are, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> no, they, they have not been like their normal. I mean, they've won big, I mean, by 31, 23, and 28, but they've played Georgia Tech. <laughs> poor, poor, Which, poor Georgia Tech. That game was um, a lot closer than it should have been. <laughs> yeah, the score I mean, doesn't bear that out, but you know, having watched it, yeah, I mean, that that should not have gone down like that. <laughs> I know Georgia, so, so Georgia Tech, they played Furman. And they played uh, – by the way, Carolina plays Furman next year in the home opener right after the North Carolina um, game in Charlotte. Last scheduled game in Charlotte for the regular season for a while. They play in Atlanta in 2025 against Virginia Tech, but then there's – the next time they play NC State and UNC, at least how the schedule is now, those are home homes. So you guys put more home homes, no Charlotte games. That's what happened. Uh, Don from the Pacific Northwest says, great, good to see Phil. Greetings from the Pacific Northwest. Yes, sir. My mm-hmm. take, we need to boboize our O, find five plays we're really good at and run them over and over. You know, a lot of teams do that. And, you know, a lot of teams also do it at top speed. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, you know, if you can find Spencer Rattler a rhythm and, and get and mix in the runs well enough, uh, to where you're not going three and out, three and out, three and out. I, I don't know the tempo with this group isn't a bad idea. Seems to be too much. There's too much thinking and not enough playing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, out way there thinking, it really seems like it. Yeah. And it does not speak well to the system that it's taken. You know, this many weeks to to well, we, and we still haven't seen it all put together yet. So it's like <laughs> that's a little bit unnerving, you know, because we were. It is. Yeah, yeah, because we've we've had one quarterback this year, only one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> multiple ones. So it was like, uh, you know, maybe maybe yeah. the system's a little tough. That was the reason last year. That, that, that was the company line after what was a disastrous, for the most part, offensive season. Yeah. Oh, four quarterbacks. Glad. Funny how they threw the threw the fourth one in there. He played half the bowl game, and they went. He went nine for nine, and they won. Yeah, that's so, right. uh, you know, maybe maybe it should have been. Why didn't you play him sooner? <laughs> well, here's the other thing. On the other side of that is, it's the one game you schemed around the quarterback's talent and abilities. <laughs> 
Maybe there's something to be said for that. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> hold on. I, I got to get this. Hey. Yeah, let's, let's... <laughs> Dude, come on. Uh, Clint has a good question. What exactly is Satterfield scheme? I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But we but we're really close. <laughs> yeah, they're really close. <laughs> we're really close. Um, I guess it's the Rams offense. <laughs> Last year it was the Panthers offense. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I uh, it, it, look, my butt clenches every time I hear him say something about the NFL. I know. <laughs> and, and, and it's not it's not even so much Satterfield. Like by the end of the Must Champ era, I was like sick of hearing about the NFL because I felt like, you know, there's all these players that come through this program and they go to the league and ball out. It's like, even like a guy like DJ Wanham or Dennis Daly, I mean, later round picks, they go up there. Oh, they're starting now. Oh, golly. Um, I mean, you knew Debo was going to be good. You knew Hayden Hurst was going to be good. Brian Edwards better than expected. You know, Mm-hmm. Uh, all the defensive guys, Lamonts, Fenton, Keyshawn, freaking Nixon is on the roster. I mean, no. you, you know, what did he do the whole time? So, <laughs> and and Donald, these guys are really good at preparing individual players to go to the NFL, but but this isn't a, like a like a NFL training facility. It's a uh, it's a college football program, and you need to win. You know, mm-hmm. if you win and your players are playing well, the NFL will take care of itself. You know, Steve Spurrier, hate to keep mentioning Steve Spurrier, but he didn't really emphasize the NFL. He had more draft picks than any of them. <laughs> um, and so that's that's the thing there. Uh, big slam of jamma. The offense gets closer as Satterfield's seat gets hotter. Uh, you know, Excellent re- point. Interpret that however you will. <laughs> By the way, did, did you get your magnet and barbecue sauce, big slam of jamma? Let us know. Quantrell with a great point here. He goes, to your point, Phil, about scheming around the quarterback strength, look at the examples in the NFL. Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, coaches who highlight their strengths. Uh, yeah, and I, I thought Satterfield compared – he compared Rattler to Jalen Hurts. I'm like, you know – and I always thought, Phil, Jalen was a little bit underrated as a passer. I, I, you know, I thought everyone's like, he can't throw it. He runs better than he throws, but he can't throw it. Kind of surprised he compared him to Jalen Hurts. And then mm-hmm. one called run. <laughs> I'm curious. Very interesting. You know what Lane Kiffin did with Jalen Hurts? He ran him. I, I, now, you, I don't know you do that with Rattler, but who knows? But a little bit um, more, you know, would be unexpected and <laughs> might fool a couple people. <laughs> Clint Rock and Rolls here, judged by the UGA game. If we're close, we should start seeing a good offense by 2025. That's the big problem I've had with this. Uh, constantly talking about how, oh, they just need to get the, the system down and get comfortable and we, we got to get better and better. Well, 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 let me just tell you this. Um, and, and then you throw the dang, I guess, the, the quarterback situation in there. All right, Jason Brown, Florida, Missouri, Auburn, he was starting his fourth straight game against Clemson, and that was the, by God, worst dang offensive game I've ever seen. South Carolina was completely overmatched. Uh, but they were not just overmatched physically. They were overmatched coaching-wise, game plan-wise, you name it. Clemson ate their lunch, and then the defense decided to fall apart. So so where is the growth? I, I, I would feel differently if you looked at it and it was like, well, they got better as the season went along. You know, 
And sometimes Spurrier's teams, when they were trying to find out pieces on the offensive line, you know, they'd struggle early and then they get better. I mean, you mm-hmm. could set your watch by it. I haven't seen it. And, 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 you know, you hope to see it the next two weeks because I, I'll tell you this, you have a repeat of Troy or East Carolina last year. Yeah. It's going to be fellowship of the miserable yeah. around here. Well, and that's the that's the other side of coaching is the stewardship aspect of it. It was like they have a responsibility to these players to, you know, put them in situations that they can actually see themselves perform to the level that they know they're supposed to, to kind of build that confidence heading back into the SEC schedule. Uh, if you fail in that obligation, then your season is in serious trouble because you may end up losing the locker room. Uh, yeah, that, and and you know you know Phil uh, fans a lot of fans are like so what if they blow out Charlotte and SC State and I yeah, look I agree if you're a fan yeah, you're not going to get fired up by that and you know the people that are just like you know irrationally done with this season based on three games um, you know they're going to sit there and hold tight they're going to cling to that ooh everything's awful little the little lump of coal they're going to cling to it and it's, ooh, it's my precious little lump of coal oh my god <laughs> and so they're not going to care until the Kentucky game and that's fine uh, the college football world is not going to care until the Kentucky game but I'll tell you what a blowout win does you go out there you kick somebody in the teeth like you're supposed to right because I mean look I can't believe people are sitting around picking Charlotte to beat South Carolina and there are so people in the Big Spur pick Charlotte. Um, <laughs> Charlotte has the worst defense in the country. Right. Yes. They're, 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 I, I don't want to say their offense is scary. They've got an offense. They took, took SC State out. No, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, Georgia State out. And the Gamecocks obviously struggled in the opener against them. But, you know, the transitive property does not work in college football, as we know. But you got there and blow them out, Phil. Everybody gets to play. Yep. Um, and, and and practice the next week. The guys that haven't been playing that, you know, maybe maybe they're in a good mood and they go a little harder, and then that makes your whole team better. And people have a little more confidence, and then everybody's a little more cheerful, and then they're not, you know, beating themselves up. All this other stuff. So I, uh, I, um, you know, I, I I never discount what a blowout win can do uh, for an organization. No, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, fans look at it different from players' perspective, too. So it's like, you know, who cares what the fans think if so long as the players feel good about what the product is on the field that they put on Saturday, then that's a win because you carry that momentum into the next game. I mean, the, the momentum in football is not just play to play, drive to drive. It's game to game, you know, I mean, because mm-hmm. of the short turnaround. So you you got to just keep moving forward <laughs> and you yeah. want to do it with positivity and not, Oh, well, we could have done this. We could have done that. You know, who knows what's wrong. <laughs> Dang. I don't, All right. big, I don't big, like big. negativity. I'm ready to move on from it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's just like, I mean, I get it. There's just a few people. Big slam never got his box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Um, yeah. Check with your check there. And if you don't get it, send me an email. People stole it. Hope they enjoy their barbecue sauce. Uh, Daddy S says, when your O-line struggles, misdirects, and moving the quarterback around might be necessary. Pro style ain't working right now. Well, first, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, and I'll get back to this. Georgia, conceptually, has a lot of the same concepts 
Carolina does. They, they yeah. do a lot of the same stuff. Uh, of course, Georgia's always been sort of a pro-style team. Um, but look at how they call it mm-hmm. versus the Gamecocks. I mean, versus how the Gamecocks uh, start. Drew said, all right, DB says, be ready to get ran over by Vandy. <laughs> hey, if you don't play disciplined football, Mike Wright will run all over you. <laughs> I don't want to think about that right now, but yeah, I'm but not quite. Yeah, that's, that's they're good. I mean, yeah. Vander, Vanderbilt's better, especially on offense. So, uh, Gamecocks defense has to get right too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm I'm not absolving them. Um, Hutt says, did you see a, a Will Humps tweet about Rattler average time to throw is the highest uh, in the SEC? Two point eight seven. Rattler and scheme to blame. Rattler needs to be better, but number one, PFF, I don't really buy into anything they say, honestly. Uh, number two, I did think the offensive line played a lot better against Georgia. Um, number three, for that stat to matter, uh, I'd have to kind of look at the all 22 and see, are there guys running open? On TV, a lot of times to us, when we're looking at it from the side view, uh, we think guys are open, right? Because we're kind of following the ball. Well, uh, a coach (laughs) sat me down one time and showed me what the quarterback was looking at. And he's like, would you have thrown it here? I was like, no. Would you have thrown it here? No, no, no. And so then you look at the side view, and it looks like that guy's open. Some folks also, when they break down quarterbacks, will sit there and claim that a guy's open. But you see a defensive back within, like right there in the passing window, uh, and and I think that that's like an Xbox thing where you think you can just hum it in there. Brett Favre could not make that throw, you know, because that you have to understand that guy's going to break. You know, that guy's going to break. Now, if a guy's behind the defense completely, yeah, I get it. So that's the deal there. Craig points out Charlotte went over 500 yards on the great Georgia State defense that Carolina couldn't block. Yeah, you just hope, hey, opener. Yeah. Uh, that's why they couldn't block them, but you're right. Tim says, Dorn says, glad you guys are back. Can we call you Dorn like Major League? Dorn. Dorn. Oh, uh, Dorn. <laughs> All right, 10 minutes to game time. Everybody gather around. Dorn. <laughs> Remember when he peed on Dorn's contract? <laughs> Dude, that guy was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was awesome. 76 Gamecock goes, speaking of Brett Favre, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> Quantrell says, maybe I'm too optimistic about the team still. Back-to-back games against top 10 teams. This is life in the SEC. Beat Charlotte, SC State, and reset. Have to build the program. Yeah, you know, like Lou Holt says, Quantrell, things are never as good as they seem. They're never as bad as they seem. It's a long season. Uh, it's too early, I think. Now, now, look, the criticism of what's going on on offense right now, completely legit. I don't care if there's one game. You know, we've been at it for the whole time. You got, I mean, but but giving up on the whole team and then some people wanting to toss in the towel on the entire Beamer era, um, you know, that, that that's got to change. Now, what I'm not buying is that this is some massive rebuild where they just need a bunch of new players to, to get more talented. I think South Carolina had enough talent to at least, you know, compete early in the Georgia game. I mean, they may have gotten blown out eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough to, to be closer to Arkansas than 19 points in the fourth quarter. 
yeah. uh, enough talent to blow Georgia State out instead of relying on special teams. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, I'm and, and look, I'm not South Carolina could win their last nine games. They've got the players to do it. Will they? Probably not. But uh, they could. I mean, it's not there. There's not. You know, th- this is a this is a year where Carolina's got an opportunity, and that's what's so frustrating about it because you kind of look at next year. You don't know what they're going to get in the portal. They do have a good recruiting class coming in, and the 2022 class looks like it has uh, a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look in the portal, you don't know. You don't know if they're going to strike it rich in the portal again. A lot of these older guys are leaving. You're going to have to play some new guys. Uh, you know, you don't have three layups in the non-conference or or three. You know, you have North Carolina instead of uh, Georgia State. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that uh, you got to, you got to, you know, you, you got to take advantage of this year while you have guys. And then, you know, next year is probably, a, you know, uh, a bowl a bowl season. You know, just a bowl season. Happy to be uh, six. Yeah. Next next year they'll be a little better, and then twenty twenty five I think is when all all this good recruiting at the high school level is really start to kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Austin mentions it's not the record. We'll be back with more from the Anna's Porch chat box after our guest. We have uh, Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show coming in. He always does this on Thursdays right before his show. It's always high energy, always a good time. I've kind of been looking forward to getting this take all week. I've, I've seen some things he's put out there, but uh, admittedly, unlike I normally do, I hadn't checked everything out. So uh, this is coming at me fresh too. So looking forward to it. Chris Phillips on the other side, right here on the show after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. 
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! All right, thank you, Braylon. And of course, we are back Inside the Gamecocks, the show, the first hour of the show, as always, brought to you by Cindy Sirafoss of Realty with Coldwell Banker Kane for all your upstate residential real estate needs 864-414-5271 is the way to get in touch with cindy and of course the show itself is brought to you by manscaped promo code big spur at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping but we're joined now by chris from the McKellar guest line how you doing man jc phil what's going on man appreciate y'all having me phil hope everything's going well on your end i know you guys were obviously uh out of commission for a few days but it's great to be back talking ball and uh Looking forward to hopefully some more fun, exciting Saturdays starting this weekend. I know this first quarter of the schedule is taking a toll on us all, so really excited for uh, what should be a fun night at Willie B on Saturday. Yeah, Charlotte's in here. Worst offense in, in FBS right now, but I'm sorry, worst defense. <laughs> a little rusty after the break there. Um, worst defense in FBS. Um, I, you know, Chris, I, I, I think. With the way things are, have gone, uh, first three games, I, I think it's kind of unacceptable to have a Troy-type game uh, like they did last year or an East Carolina-type game. Um, 
you know, these guys are a little different than those two teams. All, all Troy was not that good on offense, really better on defense last season. But, uh, you know, th- this is an opportunity to get right. Um, and, and I'm one that normally, you know, it's like, well, you know, when it wins are wins and losses are losses, but not all wins are created equal. And, right. you know, you, at this stage, uh, 17th game under the current OC, uh, you know, I, I think they need to have uh, a pretty big game offensively. Yeah, JC, it's interesting, right? You really can't take the baseball school of thinking in a college football, right? We're like in baseball, right? You win by a run. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You're in the midweek, whatever. Like a win is a win, right? And they're all valuable. And football style points matter. I mean, they just do. And uh, I would agree with, you know, you know, tomorrow's podcast, we'll do the whole song and dance talking about key matchups and keys to the game. But this game's all about South Carolina. And I agree with you, man. The spread right now, I think it's up to 23. Maybe I, I got it at 22. You've got to, at minimum, cover the spread. I mean, like you mentioned, JC, you're talking about the worst defense in college football in regards to yards per game allowed. It's up around like 560 points per game. I was just looking there at 45.2, I believe, something like that. And I, I was just going through their stats. And, you know, Chris Reynolds is a nice quarterback for them. He's sort of their entire offense. You look at his numbers. They're impressive. Been there forever. Um, but you go through the individual guys, JC, like you mentioned, this game is all about South Carolina. Like, like, we should not be talking about Charlotte in any sort of way after this game. Um, of course, the offense is the storyline. It is the key point in this game. You know, it's interesting. When I looked at this these games, the next two upcoming, but certainly this one over the summer, you know, I thought to myself, maybe this will be a great opportunity. And it may certainly still be, but a great opportunity to get guys like Braden Davis and Tanner Bailey and Luke Doty and maybe even to carry on Joyner and Colton Gothier and all these backup snaps and get guys experience. And while I'd still like to do that, I don't know, JC and Phil, I think it's important to keep your starters in there as long as possible and get them as many quality reps and run the score up, man. Like, like you just need some confidence, some positive momentum, things going your way, because I think we'd all agree this these next two weeks are all just sort of a buildup to the game in Lexington against Kentucky, where your season's really going to come to a head. And it's like, you know, I, I called it over the summer, the, uh, the inflection point of the season. Like, your season's going to go one of two directions depending on how that game goes, even in a loss, like offensively, how the offense looks. I think for a lot of fans, if they haven't already jumped off the Satterfield train, it'll be kind of that game that tells them which direction they'll be leaning. So, yeah, this game this weekend, J.C. and Phil, it's all about South Carolina. You need to put up a lot of points. I mean, I would say the goal for this weekend, the minimum expectation should be 500 or more yards offensively and, I mean, at minimum 40 points. I think I saw you guys ran a poll on Twitter. The team totals 39 and a half. They should shatter that. I mean, the average that Charlotte's giving up is 45. And look at who they played. What is it? Florida Atlantic, Georgia State, and I believe was Maryland the other team? And right? They played four. Uh, they actually they lost by four. They lost okay. by 17 at home to William and Mary. Uh, That's right. Okay. I forgot they played week zero. I forgot yeah, they did play. Yeah, that was the FAU. And, and their quarterback got hurt then. He came back for Georgia State. So okay. uh, the backup took the loss to William and Mary. But, man, mm, okay. the backup didn't play defense. William and Mary scored 41 <laughs> points on these guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just there's no excuse not to have a huge offensive night. So, yeah. And, and look, it, it is the SEC, uh, and, and so it's a little different than, than playing a group of five team from Conference USA, but Missouri had a horrible defense last year too. And 250 yards later and a loss, yeah. you know. Right. Uh, and, 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 and what, 56 yards rushing, I think, for the Gamecocks on like the worst rushing defense in the league. And yeah. I, I say that's another thing you look for against Charlotte too, man. I think you should be shooting for 200 or more rushing yards. I, I mean, sure. I, I, But th- this is a game where, you know, we've all been asking – 
What's the identity? What's the identity? What do you do well? What do you want to do? Well, in a game like this where you should be able to do whatever you want, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, like what like, do we actually see an identity? Because it's like, if you can't, I don't think anybody had unfair expectations last week going into Georgia. Like, man, this is the week we find the running game. This is the week we find out what we're good at and what's our identity and who we are. But it's a game like this where if you can't start to establish some sort of identity, like if we're talking this time next week and we're still sitting there saying, I, I don't even know what the game plan was, like that is not going to be good for the remainder of your season, right? Because, again, what you you got to use these two weeks because once you get back into SEC play, guys, again, as you all know, that that's just not a time to find yourself. Like, like you need to have it figured out. And, you know, I, I'm kind of split on it because – I'm not on the fire Satterfield train right now. I'm really curious, honestly, to see how they bounce back. You know, do we look back and say, man, it really just was a really tough start of the season? Or do we look back and say that was just a telltale sign of what was to come for the rest of the year? Um, but I'm split on it because, you know, I, I want to have patience. And obviously, I'm, I'm obviously pro Beamer and 120% behind him. That's not even a conversation. But, like, I want to have patience and give credit to the fact it's a bunch of new pieces and and all that. But at the same time, it's like, bro, you've had an entire spring practice. You've had an entire summer. You've had three games. You've had a fall camp. You've had three games. How much more time do you need? You know what I mean? So it, this is the weekend. Like, it's got to start clicking now. You know what I mean? There won't be any of this, man, we're just, we're really close if you go out there and score 35 points against Charlotte. Like, nobody, you're right, Marcus, nobody wants to hear it. We just want to see points on the scoreboard. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Chris Phillips with Spurs Up Show here with us. He joins us every Thursday. I'll be on the Spurs Up Show myself at one fifteen. It's always fun. Uh, you know, you talk about the offense and all that. Look, I, I think it, it, it's too early, in my opinion, to change. When you change coordinators in the middle of the year, it doesn't often work well yeah. at all. Now I've seen it work better. You know, Clemson when Dabo took over, first thing he did was fire Rob Spence. Everybody in that program. Thought that was the right move. Billy Napier is 28 years old and goes out there and calls plays for the first time better <laughs> than uh, than Spence. Um, in the NFL, Freddie Kitchens, who's on staff now at Carolina, took over for the Browns and uh, went up and down the field all of a sudden with a lot of creativity. So sometimes it works. A lot of times it doesn't. Uh, I, I don't blame Beamer for saying, look, you know, let's all just keep working, plugging away. But you're absolutely right in the sense that you know, I, I people talk about identity. I, I don't even know what scheme they're running. I mean, and 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 that's that, that, and I'm look. Maybe I'm dumb. You know, and I, I don't know what I'm looking at. But I watched enough ball to know your your offensive coordinator guys that don't find balance in their play calling because when you have balance, that is the defense off balance. Mm -hmm. uh, and you look at Carolina's you know drive chart, or when you're, you're talking about it, it's like run, 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 pass, run. All right, next draft. Pass, 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 run, pass. Uh, not a lot of misdirection, not a lot of attacking one side of the field and the other. Like, go, go, people need to watch Georgia if you want to see how it's supposed to be done. Georgia runs the same concepts Carolina does. They run the bunch formation, granted to perfection. Um, Juice Wells not getting a target, you know. Uh, you know, going to the well too many times in a row. The, 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 those things are in-game coaching things. That, that need yeah. to be corrected. Um, so, so you know, what do you make about that? You know, everybody talks about, you know, I want to see more running yards or I want to see more passing yards. 
Uh, I kind of want to see both. I mean, I, I, and I want to see them do it, you know, at, at non-predictable times and, and and not like unless if there's a call for it, you know, don't don't call seven passes in a row and then five runs in a row. Yeah, and JC, I'll say to your point, you know, I, I'm I'm obviously not calling for for Marcus Satterfield to be fired in the season. I, I don't know, like you mentioned, that you really gain a whole lot out of that. Now, what's going on behind closed doors? Are play calling duties? Could they be shuffled? You know, yeah. adjustments have to be made, right? I mean, again, if you get to the halfway point of the season and you're, you know, you some, you God forbid, you lose to Kentucky and you're three and three, zero and three in league play, and the offense still is sputtering. I yeah. think you'd be kind of crazy not to make some sort of adjustment for the back half of your season. But uh, sure, I mean, God, what do we not want to see on the offensive side? Just, just everything improve, everything get better. Because um, I could point to the play calling, I could point to the offensive line still being a bit of a concern. I could point to Spencer Rattler just haven't played well enough, right? Sure. Um, oh yeah. I think from people I talk to, you know, obviously just the way you're utilizing your playmakers, like at this point in the season, the fact that a guy like Jaheim Bell has more rushing attempts than catches is a little crazy. Like that, that just seems off to me. I don't really comprehend that a whole lot. I mean, I like the fact they want to move him around and use him in different ways, but my God, man, I mean, that <laughs> hard for me to wrap my brain around that one. Um, and then like you mentioned, I, you know, I know when I agree with the point Shane made about, you know, every week's going to be a different guy and, um, depending on the matchups and you might see a guy like Wells have seven catches one week and then another guy have set, but it's like, like you mentioned, I mean, Antoine Wells having zero catches. No, yeah. I, I, I want to give credit to the fact that Georgia elite defense, obviously, you know, I'm sure they came into that game wanting to take him away, but I, I'm not going to say you got to force the ball to your playmakers, but you got to get it to them. I mean, you got to find ways to get it to them. Those are the guys you, you need to find the guys you're depending on a week on a weekend week out basis, because if you got if everybody's your number one, then nobody's your number one. You know what I mean? Like, so you, you need to establish if Wells is a guy we're going to depend on weekly. Let's just make sure we're getting the football. I think we all agree Jaheim Bell's a guy. We need to get him the football weekly. We all agree he needs to touch the football more. So, um, I, I mean, it's it's hard to say, JC, and feel like, oh, this is the one thing I want to see improve because I want to see it all get better. I, I mean, you know, there was a – who was it? Will Helms of Rivals, I think, put out the stat this morning about, you know, Spencer Rattler's just – holding on to the football too long, right? He's got to be better too. And it almost just feels like on the offensive side, we're, we're just thinking way too much, man. We're just, we're thinking, we're, we're, we're I, like Spencer, especially, you know, he's sitting there holding the ball, holding the ball, holding the ball. It's like, just, just let it rip. Just let it go. I can live with making mistakes. You know, I, I will, uh, I'll hold back on my language here, but I had a coach in college that told me, you know, if you're going to F up, F up flying. Don't F up going half speed. You know, F up going 120%. I can live with that. But don't screw up going half speed. You know what I mean? And it just feels like an offense, it feels like we're kind of moving in half speed at times, you know? So, um, you know, we all want to see it improve across the board. I mean, I, I really would love to see the run game improve. I think if that improves, that solves a lot of your problems. That's just making it so much tougher on us. Just like last year, we're not built to succeed in third and longs. I mean, not many teams are, right? But we certainly are not built to succeed in those third and long downs, those obvious passing downs, right? The tackles have struggled this year, and it's just making life really hard on Rattler and that entire offense. So, uh, again, guys, it, it's hard to point to one thing, right? I don't care how you want it to look or how Marcus wants it to look or how Shane wants it to look. I, we all just want to see more points. That's all it comes down to. You, a, a more fun, productive product. You know what I mean? So, again, that's why I'm excited. I, I'm really curious. How do they use these next two weeks, two games that you should be able to go out? The, the way that it was a match, or excuse me, a mismatch between Georgia and South Carolina, it should be even more of a mismatch when you look at South Carolina versus Charlotte, right? So, um, you should be able to kind of do whatever you want, but what is it that you do is what I'm curious to see.
Yeah, but that, I mean, you know, to your earlier point about identity too, Chris, it was like, you know, this is this is the game where it all needs to come together, right? I mean, Marcus told right. us right before Georgia, he was like, yeah, I'd love to see us, you know, run for 275 yards and throw for 225. Well, you know what? You got your opportunity. Here it is. Yeah, I was going to say, too, I think a lot of this frustration, believe it or not, still stems from the Georgia State game. Just in the sense that, like, I could live with the excuse of, you know what, man, Arkansas and Georgia, they're two top ten teams, and they just they just got you. But it's like the offense has looked like hot dog water since the jump. Like, there hasn't been one positive sign. I mean, the, the number of highlights have been just minimal. And, and, I mean, and then it's like you get another shot when I see a stat yesterday. It's like you want to feel good about what you did at Arkansas. Oh, well, Arkansas's got the worst pass defense in the country. So it's like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, like, so we just really need to see again. I, I don't care. I, I know a lot of folks, and I saw people commenting on my live show yesterday, Chris, these games don't matter. You can't win by enough. And you know what? I, I think there's, to, to the fan side of things, there's some credit to that, right? It all comes down to that Kentucky game, but you just need positive momentum. You just need something to feel good about. You, you need positive plays. Let's boost up the highlight reel. Let's boost up some statistics. Let's, you know, I don't care who the opponent is. When you're an athlete and you're able to see success and see results and have something to feel good about, you can carry that over. You know what I mean? And it's just the, the mental side of the game. So that's what these next two weeks have got to be for. Hey, coaches the same way. Coaches get more co – everybody in that building, everybody in that program gets more confidence, right? So, you know, attack these games the right way. What you cannot do, what you cannot do – is come out in these games and be sluggish and, you know, unmotivated. And, like, that is the absolute wrong way to approach this. You need to use these games to, to show off, you know what I mean, and, and build up the stats and, and kind of find yourselves, you know what I mean? Because after these next two, there's going to be no time for that. It's the SEC grind, as we all know. Look at it last week, you know, we'll take a pop. Beat person mentioned this this week. Well, the offensive line – while Georgia did get pressure and affect the passer with nine hurries, uh, I thought they looked better. Uh, yeah. I think that the Wanamaker at one tackle and Wanam at left, I think they may be on to something. This is nothing against Jalen Nichols, but, um, you know, it just seems the last two years when Wanamaker has come in and played, the line's gotten a little bit better. Yeah, I, I like Wanamaker a lot. And I thought, again, like you mentioned, JC, I, I think the line has been better since Georgia State. I, I thought pass blocking for sure. And I, I even think early in the game against Georgia, uh, there were a couple of runs that, I mean, just one shoestring tackle away from Marshawn Lloyd really breaking them. Um, so I, I think they've been better. And, and that's, again, that's really what I want to what, what I want to see if I can spit it out this weekend. You know, I'd like to see us rush for 200 or more. I, I want to see this offensive line – you know, we've talked about the mismatches and the physicality and all that first three games. Well, this should be an opportunity for this offensive line to show, hey, like, we're an SEC line, man. We're bigger than you. We're more physical. We're stronger. We, we should be able to have our way, right? Like you mentioned, JC, it doesn't always go that way because you look at the Missouri game last year, and sometimes the transit property just doesn't work out. Granted, that was a totally different beast and SEC team. So, um, you know, I, if I had to pick one thing I want to see against Charlotte – I'd like to see our offensive line be that physically imposing force, right? I, I, that's what I want to see. I, I want to see us win on the line of scrimmage on both sides, by the way, because I know we're spending the whole week talking offense, but, you know, defense needs to use these next two weeks also. I, I mean, they have been beaten up physically. They've been beaten up statistically, right? They have been whipped 
the last two weeks. So this, this is a great opportunity for the entire football team, again, to build confidence, to, to beat up on somebody else, to take the frustration out on somebody else. You know, thankfully, we're not playing Georgia again. We're playing Charlotte. I, I know respect your opponent, all that good stuff, but it is what it is, right? The realities are there. So, um, But to your point again, J.C. and Phil, I, I, I thought the line – you know, it was Georgia. We knew it was going to be a tough task. So, all things considered, I thought they played well. And I, I do see, by the way, to the point about how long Spencer Rattler's holding the football, I, I do see at times that the line for who they're going up against especially is, is giving Spencer Rattler an opportunity. And, you know, if he's not getting the ball out, what's the line supposed to do there, right? I mean, it's just the, the, the defensive linemen are too good today to ask them to hold up for four, five, six seconds and give you this perfect pocket. You know, you got to be more efficient with the football. So, all around, it's got to get better. But I will say, after the way we talked about the line, or, you know, especially how I talked about the line in the first week, they have made some improvements, especially in the pass blocking side of things. I will give them credit. Oh, yeah. Talking with Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Um, you know, I, I, I look at it, and, you know, Marshawn Lloyd, Juju McDowell, the run game. You know, getting those guys lathered up is good. But, but Chris, you know, I started thinking about this because Marshawn's starting to take some heat from some fans and stuff. And, oh, he's not that good. You know, it, it's hard when you're a running back, I think, to get really lathered up with the, with the way they're kind of calling the game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 you, you sit there and you go to the well and run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. And then you pass, 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 pass. I mean, it. To me, that would kind of just – I were running back. It would kind of just screw my, my rhythm up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know fans were taking heat. Or, excuse me, I didn't know Marshawn was taking heat from fans. I had so seen that. Yeah. It hasn't been bad. It's just been like, well, right. maybe he's not that good. Juju's the best back, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, and I, I guess – okay. Well, I mean, to that point, I just – I've had no issues with Marshawn at all. I, I, I think he's – I think he's actually looked pretty good, given all things considered. And I think he's healthy, which is the number one thing, which is great to see. And obviously, I love Juju, and I think he should be used a ton. But, I, you know, I, I certainly don't put the – put the the I don't put it all on Marshawn. You know what I mean? I, I think he's been fine. I, I just think, obviously, again, from the offensive side of things. And like you mentioned, backs. I mean, have we – have we been in a position yet this season where I feel like I could look and say, you know, let's get into 15, 20 carries. That's when he's really going to start wearing down a defense. And, like, we haven't established an identity like that to begin with where I feel like we'd even get to that point in the game. You know what I mean? So, like you mentioned, for running backs, it's all about rhythm. It's all about getting in the flow of the game. And, unfortunately, we just haven't been – you know, we haven't given a guy like Marshawn an opportunity, I feel like, to get into the flow of a game. So, I'm still very optimistic on Marshawn Lloyd again, especially in a game like this weekend and moving throughout the season. I'm, I'm optimistic for a guy like that. That, uh, but I, I think too to that point, <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, you got to kind of decide who your guys are. You know what I mean? You you got to decide who your playmakers are. Like I can live with not having success offensively, especially against better competition. But if if Marshawn Lloyd is your horse, let's ride him. You know what I mean? Like I, I just. I feel like you got a bunch of playmakers. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have tons of different playmakers and tons of options, but I feel like when you have so many options and so many guys, and it's like at the receiver position, like find out who number one is. Find out who two is. Because when you have, a, again, a bunch of twos or a bunch of ones, then nobody's a one or two. It's just a bunch of guys. You know what I mean? Like I, I just figure out the way to best utilize these guys. I mean, you got some talented players. That's what's frustrating fans more than anything, man, is you see a guy like a Marshawn Lloyd and Antoine Wells and – I mean, I, I think Josh Van's on a milk carton at this point. I don't know where he's at. Um, Jaheim Bell, right? You got some talented dudes, man. Like, let's let's use them. Let's let's 
let's let's let's try to get it to him. I, I, you know what I mean? So no, I, I got nothing bad to say at all about Marshawn. I think I think all things considered, he's played fine, and I'm glad to see him healthy. And you know, I'm hoping he's really going to explode these last nine games because I think it's in there for sure. I mean, you you see it right on some of these runs. He's real close to breaking it, and uh, I think with a little bit better blocking up front, I, I think he we will we will eventually see him hit those home runs. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris. Thanks for joining us today, man. And uh, I'll look forward to talking to you at one uh, fifteen. It's always uh, high energy. It's always informative. Uh, we love it. So uh, thanks for coming in with us and uh, talk to you soon, bud. Yeah, JC, Phil, I appreciate you guys. And JC, looking forward to chatting with you at one fifteen, my friend. Appreciate y'all having me on. We'll chat soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Chris Fellows from the Spurs Up show. Uh, Tim Dorn does say we can call him Dorn. Dorn, I saw that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, you know, that's good. Um, I'm going back. The Nana's Port chat box has been alive. Yeah, y'all. Um, <laughs> um, also says obvi- uh, offense is obviously the biggest issue, but defense hasn't shown they can stop decent to good offenses, especially early in the game. It's going to be tough if we're down 21 in the second quarter. Yeah, they sort of started a lot like. You know, against Georgia, it was it was kind of a both those games, kind of a slow slow death, right? Yeah, they limited big plays, and uh, they've limited big plays fine, but but it was just kind of like okay, the offense is getting four, seven, five, four, seven, five. I, I think the problem, if there's a coaching problem with the defense, uh, I think Clayton White's getting too conservative, uh, and I talked to a defensive coach. Uh, that knows what he's talking about uh, over the weekend. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, on Tuesday because we didn't have a show, so I made a bunch of calls, told a lot of sources. <laughs> um, and he he said, he made that mention. He's like, you know, sometimes you got to take some chances um, and, and gamble a little bit, you know, to, to shake things up to get people off the field. Uh and I noticed last year early on, Clayton would do this, and, and he did blitz some against Arkansas in selective. And boy, it was almost a touchdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 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 I, th- I think they need to take a few more chances and, and not play. I mean, it, it, it almost is like they're bend but not break against Georgia. Um, you got to get after uh, you know this guy this weekend. I think because if you just sit back and let him dink and dunk you to death. Uh, they will score some points. So, so if I had a criticism of defensive coaching, uh, it's that I, I, you know, that that defense is set up to blitz and to put pressure. I mean, it's an odd front. You got a lot of exotic looks. You stand guys up. I mean, I think you need to send them a little more. Yeah. Um, if you're not stopping anybody anyway, who cares? I mean, you know, you give up a big, you give up a seventy yard touchdown, takes five seconds off the clock. It gives the ball back to your offense. You know. Mm-hmm. Shoot, it doesn't matter, Phil. Yeah, that's right. I mean, especially if they're running it down your throat, JC. It was like just overcommit, <laughs> go after them, you know, because you got twenty one back there, and uh, my man's holding it down as a safety in the run game. So, Demon <laughs> Warrior can you know kind of correct some of those ills if you let somebody get behind you. But you got to be a bit more aggressive. I mean, come off the corners or something like that. I mean, we've seen successful corner blitzes towards the end of last year. Uh, yeah, you know, hit home, and it's like you know. You see Darius Rush coming out of nowhere and sacking a quarterback. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's it's yeah. got to be both sides of the ball. Everybody's got to get right. Yeah, but the thing that bothered me about Georgia once I was able to settle my nerves after the first drive was 
you know, the defense was doing okay. I mean, all things considered, you know, you're keeping them no big, huge plays or anything, but we're getting no offense to help them out. No complimentary football. And that's, you just want to see a balanced complimentary attack this week that should rack up a ton of points against uh, an inferior defense. Let's just say, call it like it is. <laughs> call like it is brother. And we got to call it like it is too. Cause we're our number one of the show yeah. is in the books. This show goes by pretty fast these days, man. <laughs> in season, time, they just fly by. <laughs> time keeps on ticking, ticking, ticking into the future. That's a pretty good song. Oh, um, lots of people say are talking about Sat in the chat box. <laughs> All right, uh, Jamie's coming up second hour. Jamie Bradford, JB is in the house. Uh, thanks to Chris Phillips as always. Don't forget, I'm on the Spurs Up show 15 minutes after we conclude this show every Thursday. Uh, tomorrow we got Flint coming in, uh, Phil, right? Yep. Yeah, he just confirmed we're good to go. He'll be Sweet. in at noon. So mm-hmm. Sweet. So we got more X's and O's there, too. Uh, and also, uh, back, Phil's going to talk about Manscaped, and we'll have our number two. I have a consulting mailbag coming up. More NASA Sports chat box. If, if Jamie's in for an extended period of time, I'm going to get him in on answering these questions because our um our, our uh, I help consulting mailbag is overflowing. It's like Santa's sack of toys. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> we got to give out some toys, put them under the tree. So Jamie's going to play Santa Claus. Uh, all right. So, uh, and we'll be back inside the Gamecocks show right after these messages. If you're a listener, you know, I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh 
Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. What's up? This is Jaheen Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. JC Sherbert and Phil Mullinax here with you. For second hour of the show, is sponsored by Burgess and Team at Remax at the Lake. Uh, get in touch with them for all of your commercial real estate needs. It's A Burgesson at Remax.net, A B E R G E S O N at Remax.net. And of course, the show, as always, is sponsored by Manscaped. Support for us is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. And, of course, the uh, performance package 4.0 is brought to you. Uh, quote, that rather arrives at your door. I use mine, you know, in the past couple of days, JC, just to have a little me time. You know, that way it kind of cool my head. You know, it's good. This is all right. It's all right. I feel that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> on this end, I feel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but of course, you get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker, ear, nose, hair trimmer, crop preserver, and crop reviver toner, performance box for briefs, and of course, they provide you with a nice clean bag. To put all your stuff in. There it is. See, nice clean bag. Nice clean bag. (laughs) But remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped. Fantasy Chatbox. BJ putting out my sweatshirt. Yeah, this is. I like to help the guys that have uh, the players that have um, here uh, mm-hmm. just out of my own pocket. You know, I have, of course, everybody needs to go join Carolina Rise because uh, that Braylon Wimmer promo, that was his. And uh, we got uh, we got Stone Blanton, something from him coming up in wise And uh, that's good to give them money. But, you know, just out of my own pocket because I, I kind of like to collect different shirts and stuff anyway. 
And uh, and so, yeah, this is Mar- this Uno thing. This is Marshawn Lloyd's uh, clothing line. Um, nice. Now, you know, like, like for me, this was like about the only thing I could buy to make it work. But there's some other like more flamboyant looking stuff you guys may want to get into. So uh, check that out. It's Uno Athletics, Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, really, really good. Um, really good uh, stuff there. And uh, lots of them have it. I have a, a actually a Jaheim Bell signed shirt as well. Uh, and then when Rattler signed, I got some. Spencer Rattler gear, and actually our, our freshman in high school uh, went to the Powder Puff game. It's homecoming at Lockport High School, right? Ah. And uh, I went to the Powder Puff game last night and had his Spencer Rattler sweatshirt on. Nice. Yeah, so how about that? How about that? Uh, anyway, so so thanks, BJ, uh, for pointing that out, and I'm glad I got a chance to show everybody. Uh, 76 game, Texas Phil's laugh cracks me up. Me too. Glad to be back laughing on air with everybody. Always has, always has. I love Phil and his laugh. Um, Craig says, did anyone, anyone know what play Cam Smith went out and was it a concussion? <coughs> so it's back to being an upper body injury per uh, the latest report. Okay. I'm just not going to talk. I'm, I'm just, you know, because there's rumors out there that aren't true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they hadn't gotten the injury correct. He is injured. I mean, he's not, he's not suspended or anything, so. Um, yeah, also, the college injuries, it'd be reckless speculation to say anything about where, what, or you know, yeah, <laughs> you know. Also, says, Thank God for NIL recruiting offensive players would be impossible otherwise. I don't know, recruiting's different. You have to understand the pitch to recruits if you're not playing well is like, Oh, we'll come here. I mean, look at Satterfield's quarterback recruiting, he's telling them something, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever his pitch is, is working. I mean, Atkins, too. Atkins, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't think like recruits. But, look, NIL is an important part of it, for real. So, again, go join Carolyn Arouse, carolynarouse.com. Uh, Smith goes, what more proof do we need to know that Satterfield is in over his head? I, they I like come out slow and anemic over the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be hard not to make that case. I'm not throwing in the towel on the season. No. But as far as that subject goes, I feel bad about not sticking not really I, I too much more of this and I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'll go ahead and say I should never like decide to give it a shot. I should have stuck my guns last year. Yeah. Too much more of this, you know. I mean and, and I think you guys know where I stand on all this. Um Beaver is a fine coach. Doc Graybeard, that is a pimp, pimp username, by the way. Mm-hmm. Doc yes. Beamer is a fine coach uh, and with proper coordination. Uh, wait a minute. He completes it down here below VJ's. So we'll pull that one up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beamer is a fine coach. However, they all had to replace coaches and coordinators, all of them. Uh, Beamer is the seventh head coach I've seen. They've all had this in common, staff adjustments. Yeah, and a lot of times you don't get it right. I mean – you know, Nick Saban put together a monster staff uh, at uh, at Alabama with a lot of guys he knew. Um, but when he put together a staff at LSU, nobody came with it from Michigan State, so he had to take some chances on some guys. A lot of those guys worked out. A lot of those guys didn't. You know, Spencer says, Beamer is like Muschamp on injuries. I think a lot of coaches are, man. You guys, uh, if you feel like, 
you're the only one, you know, that, that, that has to go through this as a fan. Go look around the country. There are people that just will not. I mean, Georgia didn't say anything about Arian Smith being out. Nothing, not a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, their guy just kind of knew he was, right? Uh, so Kirby's not talking about injuries. Saban's not talking about injuries. You know, they, they just, every coach, they figured it out. You don't have to do it. Why do it? Um, so there's that. Uh, Spencer says, your silence on sat is deafening. Uh, that's really like 80% of what I've been talking about. No. I, mean, I don't know that I've been silent about it. Uh, it says recruits don't see the same as fans, but that doesn't mean they want to go play for an inept OC. Well, yeah, that could be used against you just like the numbers. You know, like, okay, and, and one thing Chris talked about and Beamer talked about, and I completely – I don't agree with that. Okay, right. You know, what Beamer – like Beamer and Satterfield's explanation for Juice, like, well, one week it could be this guy, one week it could be that guy. That's for an offense clicking on all cylinders, okay, in my yeah. opinion. That kind of comment is, okay, well, you know, we have a lot of good players, so the, the touches are going to go up and down. Having your best receiver and the SEC's leading receiver not touch the ball. And, and look, Phil, I thought, I thought Georgia bottled him up. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did a good job defensively. No, no. no. <laughs> it wasn't like they were bracketing him every they time. They were bracketing him yeah. or anything like that. I mean, you know, I was like, I was like, I thought, well, Georgia must have special. T- I, I was like, boy, I was like, that Jamie Bradford. Oh, wow. You know, he, he called it because he did. Mm-hmm. He said, well, they know about Wells now. And they do have to account for him. And Jamie's absolutely right. But I thought they did something so, uh uh-uh. And then there was the comment last week, we don't have a single play, and I'm probably drawn up for Juice Wells. Well, well why not? Yeah, well, that's your job. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's your job your to job. these guys open. <laughs> Remember that video of Muschamp punching yeah. the white boy when he's in Texas? He's like, everybody just do your job. Do your job. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's, that's it there. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, and I agree with you, uh, on that. So, so fake crap like that, nobody wants to come and, and, and catch 15 balls in two games and then disappear the next game. Um, it's nobody. I mean, it, 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 that, that, I, so I don't agree with that comments like that, you know, and, and I, I and I, I normally 99% of the time could care less what Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield say to the media. Um, I, I think they're going to, Shane's going to handle things a certain way. He's going to stay positive. That's fine. But that is, that's just, uh, to me, that you know, when you start talking about, whoa, we got a lot of good players, so the, the numbers are going to go up and down. Yeah, not from uh, what was it, eight or nine to zero. Yeah, none. It was it was eight, eight for one eighty nine, uh, and this happens, Phil. This happens. Okay, there's a pattern here. Okay, think about this, and I don't know why. I can't explain it. I, I would hope it's just incompetence. I, I would hope it's just forgetfulness. I would hope this is not intentional, and I I, I would shudder to think why. Um, last year, Jim McDowell, outside zone, 11 carries, 71 yards against East Carolina. Uh, I don't think he touched the ball against Georgia the following week. Jaheim Bell, huge bull, you know, uh, huge games, uh, big play against Vandy, disappears, 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 plays 13 snaps in a game, disappears, disappears. Huge bowl game, right? Huge. Huge. Uh, you guys that, uh, you know, p- should probably thank Eric Kimmering, that Jane Bell's still here. Uh, I'd be lying if I said, you know, that uh, he wasn't a little bit 
weirded out about his touches last year. Uh, you know, and, and so then huge bowl game for him, right? Awesome. Awesome game for him. Everybody's talking about how good he's going to be all offseason, the focal point of the offense. Look at his touches. 46 touches. Didn't look back at him. Did he get the ball? That dude needs the ball. Yeah. You use him as a running back ball. in the first game. You threw it to him one time in the Arkansas game. <laughs> so, so, look, who cares? You know, fine. Uh, you're you're rolling up and down the field scoring against people. Yeah, I get it. Some games, some guys are going to have good stats. Some games, others are. Not when you suck. <laughs> when you suck and you don't get your best players the ball, that's a problem. Now, you know, I, I have no idea what the thought says in there. That, that does get me a little fired up because now we're having – we see this pattern where – Guys just get taken out of the offense once they've had a good game, and that makes no freaking sense at all. I mean, you know, like, I hate to keep – no, I'm not even going to bring up Steve Spurrier. Mm. I'll bring up freaking um, – shoot, I, I'll bring up uh, Brian McClendon. Mm. Once they figured out Debo, Debo was healthy and he was rocking and rolling, they, they get and, – and, and, and Edwards, they gave Debo the ball. Mike Bobo, who, in spite of you, whatever you think uh, out there, he's a good play caller. You know why? He had two players, Kevin Harris and three, or three Nick Muse, Kevin Harris, and Shai Smith. They got the damn ball every single game. And uh, when everybody knew Shai was their only receiver, Shai caught, what, 69 passes? That's called good play call. You just you, you you call him open, <laughs> you know. I, yeah. I don't know. It, it's yeah. Either we're seeing a lack of experience or something, uh, but there's def, there's a definite ineptitude <laughs> on the offensive yeah, side. Yeah, I mean and that that's the thing that fires me up the most is when players have good games around here. The next game, they just disappear. It's like, oh, can't do that now. And, and look, I, I don't even. The NFL gets the ball to their playmakers. So I don't know if it's an NFL thing or not. Uh, in the I don't sold in the mailbag on Twitter, you can get there by tweeting at the Big Spur Pod. Uh, Game Guy fan did say it's not about the record. It's about the manner in which things have transpired. Look forward to asserting intent these next two weeks with hope things can continue. Uh, and you're absolutely right about that. Um, Xavier said, wish you good, Phil. Love you guys in the show. We love you too, Xavier. Uh, another one of our fans from the Pacific Northwest that challenged it. Okay, so this guy, real Southern, I don't know. Um, all right, it's like what everybody is saying. Uh, I know you're not working with the best of line, but, man, you'd think you'd at least find a way to get down the field three or four times a game for field goals or red zone opportunities. Uh, these next two games, they need to focus on finding a rhythm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. 100% agree. People are saying the season's over. How about they go do some research on how bad Muschamp truly was? Uh, the man literally moved Brian McClendon from OC to wide receivers coach for Mike Bobo, even after recruiting two top 20 offensive classes with guys like Lloyd and Jaheim Bell. Um, and then he says, and Brian McClendon is now the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator at, yeah, you guessed it, Georgia. Brian McClendon is not calling a damn play at Georgia. I can no, assure that's you. That. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the wide receivers are the weakest part of their offense. I don't know that that's fault. It's the first year back. Um, Brian McClendon also had nothing to do with recruiting Jaheim Bell. That was Bobby Bentley because Bobby knew his, Bobby's his position coach at the time and knew 
Jaheim's high school coach. They coached together as they flipped him from Florida. Marshawn Lloyd was 100% Thomas Brown and Will Muschamp. McClendon had nothing to do with that. Um, Mike Bobo can uh, call plays uh, in circles around Brian McClendon. That being said, I'd be lying <laughs> if I told you uh, that uh, Brian McClendon was was worse than, than what currently is going on. And I'm, I'm being truthful with that. Now, now, McClendon struggled when when Jake got hurt. He struggled sometimes when people adjusted to the RPOs. Uh, but he was better than Roper, and Roper's better than Satterfield so far, body of work-wise. Uh, it makes me sick to say that because I thought that was kind of the bottom of the barrel, but it wasn't. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't know the point you're trying to make there. Uh, Ken, we've got your emails going. We'll, we'll get you your emails in a second. Thanks for the tweet. Raw says, got a hypothetical for you. I agree Beamer's not the type to make a midseason change, but if Sat is gone at the end of the year, who do y'all think will be a realistic option to replace him and why? And as always, go Cox. That's a long – I'd have to think about it. Yeah, it's uh, a little too early in the season, I think, to really kind of – Yeah, and, and there's some guys out there I really like and some guys I don't. South Carolina needs to run offense. It's a modern college offense that's not that difficult to learn. Uh that's fun to play in, but they, they all that also can achieve balance. You know, uh, I don't think you can line up and run air raid at South Carolina. I don't think you can line up and run ground and pound at South Carolina. Uh, I think you have to have like a, and this is why I like the Brile system so much because those offenses are modern. They're based on some air raid concepts, but they, they also can, can they can really do anything you want. And, and I think, I think that's what Shane wants is a, an offense that can be good at everything. You know, mm-hmm. but I don't know that the answer would be being so far. The answer to be good at everything is not this, you know, hundred play playbook from the Panthers slash Rams slash uh, Oklahoma, whatever, whatever they want to talk about. So that, that, that's my thing there. Um, and all right, so we're all caught up. I help consulting mailbag uh, as far as the, uh, the the tweets go. Ah, uh, VJ says, get the ball to your playmakers. I don't care how talented some might allegedly be. they Not until they've proven it in live action in a game. Once they do, rinse and repeat. Yeah, and I, and I thought with Juice, you know, they, they sort of didn't use him right the first game. He ran all these horizontal routes, which, you know, he can turn them upfield and break one, and that's going to look good. They started sending him vertical, and that's the be- those are the best, some of the best plays this offense has had. Mm-hmm. Completely shut him down. Uh, which looking back, they didn't, you know, they had him in man coverage. I mean, you know, maybe a little help, but that would get him the ball more, you know. So, yeah, I, I think in that situation, instead of trying to explain, you've got all these great players, yeah, and your offense is ranked last. Um, I, uh, Instead of trying to like explain that, because I mean I agree. Heck, I, I, you're preaching to the choir. I do think South Carolina's got a lot of talented offensive players, right? And I do think balance and spreading it out is good, you know. Um, but but to me, I would just apologize <laughs> and say, yeah, we need to coach better and get Wells the ball. He's good, really good. Um, uh, Q Wanzel says, look at FSU. It takes time to build anything. And they're rolling in year three with the transfer portal. Anything's possible. They've been the kings of that. You know, I'd argue South Carolina's portal class is probably just as good. 
as theirs. Now yeah. they know how to use their playmakers. Um, but uh, I know somebody that works at FSU and uh, happy for them, certainly uh, being three and oh, they've won two close games, beating Duquesne. Um, we'll see how they go moving forward. You're right, Contrell. He also think Shane will make the necessary adjustments on the staff if they are needed. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought maybe could come last year, but who knows? 76 says, I'd trade Sat for Kimry anytime. Kimry's not only family, but it will get the ball guys the ball. And if we fail, then fine. At least we could challenge teams. Yeah, get guys the ball. Mm-hmm. I gotta, and that, 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 that's as much that bothers me about this offense. That, that whole pattern of guy has a big game that doesn't, doesn't even seem like he's part of the game plan the next week. That freaking bothers me, you know, because I that's there's no excuse for that. No, there's no, no. excuse. Um, Ed says get the run game going this weekend. They got a good opportunity. Colin says think we might see Rucker this week. Excited to see what he's got too. Yeah, provided he's healthy, he may have to ease back in. But yeah, I like him. Um, I'm telling you this right now though, it's going to be hard uh, to get Juice and Jalen Brooks off the field. Yeah, right. and if you do see Rucker and he looks good, it's going to be maddening to everybody because it's going to be like, okay, well, we got another one, and we're not. Yeah, yeah. The next week, yeah, right, and then he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Craig says, would Mangus ever come back? I don't know for the right situation. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, Lance says, don't want to come off too negative, but I don't feel like the next two weeks will change anything. Uh, I'll say this. You know, if things continue, you know, you would lean towards now. Nah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Look who they were playing. But sometimes when you when you go out, if you take care of business and look good, you got to win and look good doing it. That does a lot for your confidence uh, for your entire team. You know, right now there's some people probably seriously questioning themselves. Uh, and you come out and you take care of business, blow people out like you're supposed to. You bounce back. Everybody feels good, right? Um, 76 says, JC, Phil, you guys should invite Kimry on his show, get his overall take, and maybe to provide a tad more info on what went down. I already know, though, because of sources. Well, I'll just say this. I think Eric will come on the show at one point. I've actually talked to him about it, but he's not going to get into anything super secret because he has respect for Shane Beamer and the program and, you know, all that good stuff. And he's got a great job that he loves. And so I'm just not, uh, I'm just not uh, – I, I don't think you're going to get what you're looking for there. And, you know, this is not Good Morning America or 60 Minutes, so I'm not going to grill it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not going to go gotcha on him or anything. I'm, like actually, that. You know, I'm actually not a very good interviewer, in case you guys didn't know. Uh, Hunter says, Kimmy probably didn't like how the offense was being run. He never – He had an opportunity, though, that was just – you know, that he didn't want to pass up. Now, he might have had some beef. I, I don't know about the insides of that, but, you know. I mean, that's a good job he's got right now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say this, too. But I'm going to say this about it. With Camry. You know, there was a, a bunch of negativity that we reported on the Spur.com last year about the offense. Uh, myself and Tony Morrell. Not once did either one of us get any of that from Eric Camry. So even though I know him, love him to death, Eric Kimry had nothing to do with anything we were reporting uh, and all that good stuff. Austin says Roper and Satter are unfortunately very similar. They can draw it up with the best of them, but have zero feel for in-game play calling and making adjustments. Tend to agree. Tend to agree that that's how they're similar. 
Uh, Danny S says, it feels like too much experimentation on offense. I don't know what the hell they're experimenting with. I mean, if they got all the, you know, the, the quote was, we got all these good players. Well, go use them. Yeah. We're trying to experiment. Uh, that, that Jordan thing, that isn't an experiment. That's a, that, if it's an experiment, that Bunsen burner is dead. Okay. If that's an experiment, your test tubes have broken. If oh, that's my heart sank yesterday when he said it was like, yeah, that was, uh, you know, we were just waiting on a third down to put that in there. I'm like, Jesus. Why the first third down of the game? Why? I mean, when you, I mean, Rattler threw a strike to Steiner to start with. He's probably feeling good. You take him off the field. It's the first drive of the game. I feel bad for Joyner, too. I, I hated it for him. I did. I'm like, you know, wow. You know, that's not the best way for you to come out and look right now. And it's not your fault. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's something that'll make me feel good. Mark. Good morning from Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Even Las Vegas. God, I'm just thinking about Vegas right now. I'd love to be out there having a little brunch, you know, at nice. the wind. Getting ready to go play some blackjack. Getting my <laughs> getting my picks for tonight's games available. I mean, are ready to get to do it. Do a little research, you know. Maybe take the lady shopping to the to the bag store. She loves bags, by the way. But there's like a big bunch of bags in my uh, bedroom. Um, <laughs> I keep telling her Vera Wang. She doesn't like Vera Wang. It's like Coach and one other one, Boozy's anyway. <laughs> Um, Tiffany says, I feel for you right now. Fans aren't going to be happy till Satterfield's gone and we'll harp until that happens. Tiffany, look, I've been doing this since the 2007 season. Not this, but the, the website, which is, you know, this kind of is more fun right now than the website. Yeah. <laughs> the website's just like, you know, let's go over and take our pants down and crap on the internet because we're frustrated. <laughs> and they ate a bad burrito and like, oh, God. <laughs> I got it out good but you know the, I think part of the big bird and website that are places for people to vent um, yeah. and you'd be surprised some of the people that say the things that just like make your blood boil are, are the nicest people you'd ever want to meet in real life and then some of the people that are like you know Pollyanna hunky dory Hey gosh, gee, you know, they're like you, you picture them talking like Mickey Mouse, you know, like oh god, gee, golly, guys, oh shoot, Gamecocks, oh 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 shucks, <laughs> you know, it, that's not a bad Mickey, by the way. Um, <laughs> you, you probably picture them doing that, you know, in real life. Nah, they're the biggest jerks you'd ever want to meet, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So you'd be surprised, you'd be really surprised at what people are like in real life, and I think it's just because some people have different uses for the mess. Like some people, that's where they go vent, right? And then they probably just go have a beer or play some golf and don't talk about it again. Yeah. <laughs> and then some of these other guys, you know, have seriously serious issues. Yeah. Well, let's hit a break, JC, because uh, JB just got in the uh, waiting area. Oh, he's there? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, didn't yeah. actually, I lost track of time. I got my clock up here. It's very tiny. Mm -hmm. Very tiny. All right. We'll be back in a moment. And uh, all of you, by the way, that are in the Nana Sports chat box, I know some of you are members of the Big Spur, uh, and I'm, I think you guys are all nice people in real life, to be honest, because you're right here. Um, the Game Back Pundit has gotten in. Uh, 
yeah okay that's yeah all right we'll read that later got to get jb involved with some of these mailbag questions jb to close out the show here on a thursday after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts. But I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh do you have 
1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. And Welcome back, everybody. Second hour of Inside the Gamecocks is brought to you by the Burgess and team at Remax by the Lake. Uh, get in touch with them for your commercial real estate. B E R G E S O N at Remax.net. The uh, we're a little rusty, folks. You know, welcome back. We got JB here. It took a couple of days off, and now we're back. So, here, come on in, JB. What you got to say? So, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I was late. I, I had just you know it just i couldn't stop the waterfall but i i I have uh at least plugged the hole so we're we're good until one i think (laughs) hopefully (laughs) while we breathe we hope right yeah Yeah. that's kind of the 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 deal there yeah so well well, shoot well shoot well shoot i don't know what i mean right off Back going right there. Anyway, uh, AB, uh, your thoughts uh, on uh, where the program is, the offense, what's happening again? Just kind of give us uh, Jamie un- uncut here uh, for the first little bit. Well, I tell you what, man. I, you know, I, um, I, you know, how I'm, y'all know me for a while. I, 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 I have a lot of respect for everybody. And, and I really have a lot of respect for anybody that's done what my family has done for 60 years, which is go sit in Williams-Brice Stadium and watch football. Um, and, you know, so I don't want this to sound personal, but I'm really, really tired of hearing folks out there. I'm sick of this, to be honest with you. It's year two. They've lost two games against top 10 teams. Give them some time. That's a boatload of bullcrap is what it is, okay? And, it, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. All right? Because, yes, they lost to two top 10 teams. It's not about the losses. I thought they'd be one and two after three games. I didn't think this football team would be worse than they were last year. That's the problem. It's not... I'm not worried about the opponent. I'm not worried about Georgia or Arkansas. I'll tell you what I am worried about. I'm worried about the fact that two out of the last three times we've been in Williams-Brice Stadium, they've gotten beat by their hated rivals a combined score of 78-7. to It's pretty freaking embarrassing, if you ask me. And I go back, for those that don't remember this, but I know a lot of people here do. I know y'all definitely do. I sat through every damn game in 1998 and 1999. They lost 21 games in a row. Brad Scott left this program broken and Lou had to come in and from day one make it totally different here and they didn't win a game in 1999 but you know what they did in 2000 his second season they went eight and four in the second game of the year they upset a top 10 Georgia team at Williams-Brice Stadium and two weeks later Eric Kimry threw the damn fade and that team 
wasn't half as talented as this team. Not even close. And I and I love a lot of those players like Phil and and Derek and Kalimba and all these guys that were Jermail Kelly, outstanding players. But overall, they didn't have near the talent this group has, guys. And we know that. But they were tough as nails. And they were coached well. Skip and Charlie and those guys were outstanding coordinators. They were outstanding. And they turned this ship around. So don't give me the crap of, well, it's year two under Beamer, and they've just played two top ten teams. Give them some time. No, they look like crap. They look like crap. That's, and I hate to say that because Shane is right. Shane's, he's, he's been saying it, and he's dead on. They have a good football team. But we're just ready to start seeing them play like a good football team. They have good players on this team. And I'd like to see them play like they're good. So the, the, the next person, I've already heard it one time this week, and, and it's a buddy of mine. I was like, I don't want to listen to your BS. Are you kidding me? Quit looking at the record. There's context behind everything. There's context behind everything. You've got to look at the context. You've got to look at the devil's always in the details. That's where you have to look. And when you look at these details, they have not looked good the first three games of the season. And I'd like to see them start looking good. So maybe we can find that out on Saturday. But so far, the, the record aside, this football team in year two looks worse than they did in year one. And that, to me, is very, very disturbing. Tell with Jamie Bradford. You know, we had Chris from the Spurs Up show on earlier today. And um, I didn't ask him this. I didn't get to it in time. So I'm going to ask you. And, and I, I just kind of had a mini rant about it. Uh, I, I, I don't really – get mad about what Shane says to the media because I know what he's all about and he's going to stay positive and he's not going to change. Right. Um, That's just who he is. And he shouldn't, you know, you you don't want to be uneven. Right. I want Shane. We all want Shane to be Shane. Yeah. And he he is Shane. And that's what I like about him. I love that. But, But one thing I'm not buying and this, this pisses me off. Okay. Because there's really no excuse for it. And it, it kind of made my blood start boiling even more when I started considering the pattern here last two years, seems like when somebody has a good game, they disappear from the offense the next, no week. doubt. Why, why is that? I don't know. I mean, last year at Georgia, after Juju McDowell saved the game against East Carolina, he didn't get a touch and sad apologize for it. Uh, Jaheim Bell, five catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns, obviously is a deep threat. The one pass they threw to him deep the other day, or, or the first one, goes for 46 early. He's a matchup nightmare, right? We, we were told that. Where's he been all year? You know, so it seems like after the bowl game, you know, all of a sudden he's not there. So, the, and you get the comment about, oh, it's easier to hand him the ball easier. What, what are you talking about? You know, um, Juice Wells. Okay. I thought. Told you last Wednesday. You you, you, you did. And, and I gave Don't you credit for it. But see, see, Jimmy, I thought I thought Georgia bracketed him or maybe did something special for him. And going back and look at it and talking to people, that's not what happened. He just wasn't involved in the game plan. Uh, not saying he would have had a ton of success, but he's your best receiver. And then you get the comment about, well, what I love about him is there's not a single play in the playbook designed for Juice Wells. Well, why not? You've had him committed since December. You knew him. I mean, did you not think this guy was good? Did you not listen to uh, Tino Sinceri say he's just like the guys at Alabama? And you know what? He's shown that two or three games. He's literally one of the best receivers in the SEC, statistically and otherwise. You're playing Georgia. 
Why would you not want to get the ball in his hands? I I don't have it. Look, I, I I used I used this the other day. I used this the other day. Okay, because I'm with uh, JC. You said it a thousand times, and you're right. And there's a bunch of people who know this. And you know, I talked to Flynn about it. I well, I spent time with some name with some people in Columbia last Saturday who <laughs> they can't get any closer to this. And okay, so here's what we've come up with here. All right, when you put it on paper, it looks awesome. You draw it up there on that board, amazing. The whiteboard, the chalkboard, whatever board they've designed these days, it absolutely looks fantastic. If it all goes right, and these players, they've bought into it, you hear them. Uh, hey, man, you know, we're, we're this close. Well, they, they Actually, I don't disagree with that. They are that close. The problem is they're always just going to be that close. They're not going to get any closer, all right? So here's the thing. So here, JC, if you called – one uh, my contractor today and you said i want me i want you to build me a house and you designed this thing and we said sweet jesus jc you are going to live like a king that is beautiful beautiful everything the granite the pool the whole nine we see it on paper and then he builds this house and it looks like a total dump because the builder sucks that's a problem hey this is what it looked like on paper yeah it doesn't look like that now no it doesn't it doesn't, but that's what's what it looks like on paper. But it, but but that's not the house. You're right, it's not. But this is how it's designed. We were this close. We only missed, missed six or seven nails on that wall. We, yeah, but the wall, it's going to fall over, right? Yeah, but we'll get the nails in there. But what about that wall? We haven't looked at that wall yet. It's the same damn thing. And it's frustrating. Again, Georgia is the number one team in the country for a reason. I ain't worried about that. I get that. We knew what we were going to get out of Georgia. We knew what we were going to get out of Arkansas. I haven't seen us get anything out of South Carolina. And that's a, that's disturbing to me. They have good football players. Phil, JC, Daddy, Doc, all these guys that are in the – in gals, excuse me, that are in the message boards. If I ask you today of all the middle-class programs in this league right now, the blue-collar middle-class teams, because you've got Georgia and Alabama – and then until further notice, you have Vanderbilt all oh, right now. The trip to Nashville is making me a little anxious. Oh, uh, yeah. Me too. Okay. They, but, they, they run a good offense. But if you took the rest of the SEC, if you took South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Mississippi, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn, and Arkansas, if you took all of those teams, how many of them are substantially more talented than South Carolina? JC, you cover recruiting and you cover all this. How many of them are head and shoulders talent? It's not even close. If you just went raw talent, AM's probably got more raw talent. I would okay. Guess. How many right. el- how many others? It'd be hard exactly. To That's my point. <laughs> why 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 well, why are we seeing these unbelievable progressions at Tennessee and Ole Miss and Mississippi. I don't care that the coach has been there another year at some of these schools or something like that. I'm talking about the talent on the field, man. I'm talking about the talent on the field. Why, why, are, they, why are they that much better? If we play Mississippi State today, y'all think we win that game? No. Uh, no, because we can't score 20 points. So, no, we're going to lose. If we played Ole Miss, if we – I mean, it's that's what I don't understand. I, I'm on the player's side. I'm backing the players. They have good players. And and I want to see these guys be able to do what they're capable of doing. And, and I think, too, and I made this point last year because you, know, you heard the whole, oh, it's just some little thing. All right. And, and, and I compared it. I was like, well, you know, 
I, I could I used another airplane analogy. I'm like, well, you know what? Little things cause airlines airliners to crash and kill 200 people. All right, how many times on an air uh, when you, a major airline disaster since we've been alive have you seen a, a dang plane go down because of some screw somewhere that was loose? My point is, this is college football. You can't design an offense to where if one little screw is loose, the whole damn plane comes crashing down. And that, that's what I've always meant by too complicated and uh, all that good stuff. It's just, uh, you know, it's not about being complicated and hard to learn. It's about, like, you're depending on everything going perfectly to get a playoff. And and that's just not college ball. I mean, you know, you, you got to kind of – Build it, and then the fact that they don't get the ball, their playmakers just baffles me. Baffles me. Baffles. And that Marshawn Lloyd has twenty-seven carries for eighty-two yards in three games. What? I mean, we don't need to say a whole lot more. He's healthy, by the way. It's not like he's like banged up or something. Well, like every time he gets going, they just abandon the run. I mean, it, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's yeah. just uh, it's 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 uh, unbelievable, you know. Um, and I, you know, being close, uh, you know. I, this is, this is also 2022 in college football, by the way. Um, and this was not a five-year rebuild. I give zero – some of these people that are out here saying they left the roster in bad shape. That's, it's that's, that's a pile of that's that's crap. That's, that's not true. That's not – you, you wait. You wait until some of these guys get to the league, okay, the, the players get to the league. It's going to be a different story. No doubt. Um, you know, it, it's not a five-year rebuild. You don't have three – and even if you did – let's, let's just that's, say it was. Let's that's, say a, that's a lazy old school opinion is what it is. Yeah. It's not well, true. Let's, let's just say it was, all right? Let's, it was a five-year rebuild. So it takes three years to learn your damn offense and get it down. This is college football. You're going to recycle players and be right back in the same position. You know, uh, the only schools that can afford to have these complicated offenses in college are, are like North your Northwesterns of the world. They're going to redshirt everybody. Uh, and I'm not sure that their offense is that complicated. Let me, Holinsky's thriving in it right now, statistically at least. Um, you know, uh, or a Stanford, you know, how they redshirt guys and, you know, that they, they kind of, you know, everybody redshirts or stuff. I would say Wake Forest, but they run a college offense. Um, yeah. You know, your, your, your Ivy League, you know, your places where they say, okay, we're going to take a three and nine every couple of years to get to that nine and three. You maybe. know, and, and, and even that, it's a maybe, uh, you know, and, and you just I just don't think you have that much time to sit around going, well, it's going to click soon. We'll, we'll click your heels together and, you know, uh, like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz and say, well, you know, there's no there's no offense like ours. There's no offense like ours and hope that the damn witch doesn't get you and the flying monkeys don't take you to the torture chamber you know, before it's over, because that's a movie and it's scripted. And this is not, this is football, uh, real life. So, um, that's the whole thing there. And I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just disappointed. And you're absolutely right, JB. It's not that they're one and two. I think we all could have accepted one and two. I think we all agree. Arkansas and Georgia are really good. It's how they've gotten there. Uh, you only have two touchdown drives on offense against Georgia state. And then you watch Georgia State give up a bunch of points and yards to other people. Uh, the Arkansas game, you know, was another one of those games where two garbage touchdowns made it look closer than what it was. Uh, and look, great. The game allegedly was still in doubt. Super, yeah. Spencer made some plays. But the last touchdown Carolina scored 
the crowd wasn't even making noise when they snapped the ball. I mean, it was over. Uh, so really, there were only two touchdown drives when the game was in doubt there. And then last week, there were none, right? And, you know, the defense did not play well the last two weeks, okay? They died a slow death. If I had any criticism of Clayton White, it's that uh, – and I was talking to uh, uh, a defensive coach at the college level uh, who's watched Carolina, and he was like, I think they need to take more chances because sometimes you just got to – you can't just sit there and bleed to death. You got to take some chances and get them stopped. If they score, they score. At least you get the ball back. Um, if, I had a, if I had a uh, criticism of, of any coaching on defense. So, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, I agree with you there. I think that's the, that's the deal. I, you know, is, is, is Spencer Rattler made some mistakes? Absolutely. Um, but I think that when you have Spencer Rattler, you've got to kind of maybe understand his strengths and weaknesses and, and scheme accordingly. They do him no favors. You know, like like we mentioned, they're not they didn't get Wells the ball. They're not getting Bell the ball. Uh, th- there's simple little plays you can run to get him comfortable and get the guy the ball against certain defensive coverages. I mean, it's it's football one on one. But uh, that's the thing there. So this weekend uh, against Charlotte, uh, the poll today was over under thirty nine and a half points. Under. You're going I mean, under. I'm, yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, I look, I hate to say that. I, it's not like I enjoy that. I don't like being negative about this program. I'm probably the, the biggest idiot on earth half the time. You know, I, I'm always optimistic and in their corner. But, I mean, until we actually see them go out there and do something like that, no, I, I can't. There's two, There's there's a lot of issues. There are a lot of issues. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know if, like, are we going to continue to try to – cram this square peg in this round hole or are we going to say okay we've got two weeks to kind of reverse course and maybe do a a couple of other things and and get ourselves get our feet underneath us a little bit before we have to go up to Lexington and embarrass ourselves again against Kentucky which hopefully that doesn't happen that's where it's headed I mean I'd like I'd like them to use the next eight quarters to kind of redefine what they want to be as a football team on both sides of the ball and, and, you know, at this point in time, you know, we haven't seen it. So, I mean, I, I can't no, – I'm not going to give them that, JC. I mean, I wish I could. I wish I could give them 60. But I can't. So, I hope – I really do. I pray to God that I'm wrong. I hope the final score this weekend is 63-2. to two. I hope we kick one. I hope we Steven Garcia went off the freaking goalpost to give Charlotte two points. You know, but, I mean, uh, at this point in time, it's hard to say something like that. Yeah, uh, it is the over, but I mean, you know, I would pick the over, JB, but I would put a caveat into that saying that there's going to be defensive and special teams points scored. It's not all going to be offense to get you over 40, period. I mean, no. and that's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's disheartening, you know, because it's, uh, it's disheartening and disappointing because we have done nothing but track all these really good football players who've come into this program since Shane has been there. He's done an outstanding job in bringing uh, transfers in. He's done an outstanding job in bringing young guys in. He has uh, totally changed that culture around. But, you know, we know how fast it can go downhill when you're losing games and guys are unhappy because things that shouldn't be happening are happening. And and so, you know, I, I Shane is if, – if there's anybody who can get the daggum train on the tracks or keep it on the tracks, it's Shane. You know, full confidence there. There is no doubt about that. Um, but there's we've been listening to for a while about how good of football players we have. And 
you know, I mean, yeah. what, what, what? Like our defensive line has two five star, two five star. I'm not a big believer. I'm not. I'm not a huge star guy. Like I don't go beating my chest. Oh, I got a four star commitment today. I mean, I saw Demetrius Summers come in here as a five star, and he's in prison. All right. So I mean, like some of this stuff just doesn't work out for some guys. But I mean, Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch, we know what they're worth, and this def- defensive line has greatly underperformed. And that's yeah. the one unit where I was like, well, if anything, these dudes are going to be really good. And I hate it because they're such good players. They're going to be in the NFL for a long time. And it's just been a struggle. I don't know what the answer is. I'll say I'll say this about the D-line. I'll guarantee this on the record right now. They're not going to face an offensive line as good as Georgia or Arkansas for the rest of the year. I mean, no, probably far right. too. I mean, Clemson – Clemson's got uh, a lot of guys on paper. Their O line supposed to be, you know, the one of the best they have. But I don't, I don't know. That I, mean, they, I like Tennessee's offensive they, line too. Yeah, they had torn up. Yeah, Tennessee just goes so fast; it's hard to get set. One, one comment I didn't like, um, like like I told you from Beamer, was the the whole notion of, well, we got all these good players, so every week some guys will have different stats or whatever. I, I don't think that means your your best receiver never gets a target. Okay in a game. Um, and it concerns me, Jamie, because it's like, there's a, there's a lot of patterns that negative, not good patterns that have developed with this offense in 16 games. And one of them is you have a big game the next week you disappear and you don't even look like you're part of the game plan. Like I said earlier, that, that, that kind of makes my blood boil a little bit. Well, I mean, there's, I, I, I agree with you. I've said that a thousand times. I mean, look, you play your best players, period. The end. I don't care about personnel packages. That is a flapjack crack crap of whatever. I mean, that is ridiculous. I can't get all those syllables out right now. I mean, you know, coach, look, it's hard to compare everybody to Steve Spurrier because he's the, he's the best to ever do it. I mean, he didn't even have to have a game plan if he didn't want one. He just called from the side because of what he sees out there. And you go on and you, but, Every successful offense plays your best players. When it's fourth and nine, do you see Lane Kiffin taking a wide receiver and putting him back there at tailback and flanking his two tight ends out wide on fourth and nine? No. I mean, come on, man. I mean, seriously. Why? Who are you fooling? What what, what are we getting at here? We're going to run Xavier Leggett out of the backfield and he's going to be matched up against a linebacker? You could do that on fourth and nine by by, with an empty set or damn – just let, putting him in the slot. There's other ways to do it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know? And again, I give a lot of credit to Marcus because he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. I'm a nobody when it comes to this. But, like, when you sit there and you watch some of this, you're like, well, I mean, I literally saw that package come out on fourth and nine. I thought to myself, tell me I'm drunk. I mean, there, these, these, what are we – I know why Bell's on the field. He should be on the field. I, I know I know why all these guys are on the field. They're really good players. But what the hell are they doing there? Why, where's Marshawn Lloyd? We've thrown, what, three touchdown passes to Marshawn Lloyd out of the backfield this year, and we thought on fourth and nine we'd design, what, take him out of the game and line Xavier mm-hmm. get up on fourth. I mean, why? Why? I You know, and it's just – it's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's almost like, man, we need this one last out here. Hey, guys, we need this last out of the eighth inning. Go get our center fielder. He's going to come in and pitch for us. Why? Why? Why would we do that, Coach? They're never going to expect it. Yeah, they'll never see it coming. They'll never he see can't. It coming. 
he can't <laughs> throw strikes. Or, hey, we need a game-winning three here. Or whatever it is. All right, well, what are we going to do? Our center, he's 7'4". Nobody will ever see him back there 10 feet beyond the line of scrimmage. Pass it to him, he's going to fire one up. He'll be, wide He'll be wide open. He's not our, <laughs> our three-point shooter. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to cover him. Yeah, because he can't hit three-pointers. That's why. I mean, this doesn't make sense to a lot of people, and, and I I hate it. I hate it. You know, I, I, I hope they can figure it out. They got eight quarters before it gets real again, and they got to figure it out. All right. Gosh, we were right up to it, Jamie. That Sorry that I was late. Dude, that's oh, stronger dude. than a garlic milkshake. Uh, uh, mailbag people, we're going to get to – I promise we'll answer Sorry everything. About the mailbag. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. This is, yeah. Sometimes hey, you hey, just got to bring the thunder. Hey, I, I, let me leave you with this. So. Let me leave you with this. You know, and I hope people will find their why, but, I mean, I've been doing this for – not this week. I mean, I'll be there this weekend too. And I'll be there next weekend. But n- next weekend, I'm going to – for the first time in my life, get to take my little girls to their first Carolina football game. And, and I can't wait, you know, it's just NC state, SC state. It's a sleepy noon game. There's going to be a lot of people that are totally disinterested in the program and they're not going to want to show up. There is some apathy that has crept back in. And I, and I understand that, but, but I hope, and I get it. Hey, I'm not showing up till they show me something different. I, I understand that. We still only get to do this seven times a year. Well, let's just remember that. And if you were thinking about not going, maybe find your neighbor who's never been to a game or something and take them. Still support the players, man. You know, and support – Shane's going to get it fixed. I have I have confidence that he will get it fixed. It might not be on our timeline. It might be on his timeline. And it will be on his timeline. He's the head freaking football coach. He can do what he wants to do. He'll get it fixed. He's not stupid. He's been around a bunch of winners his whole career. He'll figure it out. It might not be in our timeline, and it might not be when we want it to be, and I know that. But go if you could go to the game, go to the game and support the players. you know. And, again, if it's not worth it to you, maybe it's worth it to a little kid that lives next door who never gets a chance to go, give him your tickets. You know, Keep going and watch the Gamecocks play football. We don't get to do it much. We wish we could do it all year, and then it shows up. And three games in, we bitch and moan about it. But go watch them play because the kids out there, they, they – they deserve it, at least from my angle, and I hope that y'all will, will join me and whoever the hell else shows up at williams Bryce this week and going forward. Jamie Bradford, ladies and gentlemen, wrapping up the show. By the way, poll question, uh, over 39-and-a-half at 70% uh, on all outlets. Uh, say over. So uh, there's some people that still believe, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards I'll you. give them 38. 38-13 to 13 final. All right. Thanks, Jamie. See ya. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks to Jamie Bradford, Chris Phillips for joining us. Don't forget Spurs Up show for yours truly coming up in 13 minutes. For Phil Mullinax, this is J.C. Sherbert. Thanks to all our sponsors, all our chat boxers, and you, our audience. You came back strong today after the hiatus. We'll be back tomorrow with Michael Flint and more right here on Inside the Game Gamecocks show. Have a great afternoon, everybody.